0: That's when men had to become stronger and more quote-unquote manly or aggressive to survive, and that's when language changed to praise men for displaying aggressive and dominant behaviors. After we started using medals for weapons, the language about women also changed. From this time on, women were now labeled as concerts, subordinate, servants, I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach. I'm devoted to helping multicultural individuals and couples on the path of transformation communicate consciously and transform their lives in relationships. If you've been following the Language Alchemy podcast for some time, you know that I have devoted some episodes to talk about books. Books that are specifically about communication, other books that do not directly approach the subject of communication, but whose topics have a great impact on communication. And also some other books that are in alignment with the principles of language alchemy. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I hope you'll find communication gems throughout the episodes and that you'll learn transformative communication tools you can put into practice to bring forth peace, harmony, equity, equality, connection, and compassion in all All your relationships. To start us off, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Do you have books that have been around for decades, but when you read them, they are so relevant that it is as if the authors wrote them just a few months ago? And do you have books that have helped you change your perspective in a 180 kind of way? And to answer those two questions myself, I would give you a yes. The book I'm going to talk about today is one of those books that was written decades ago and is very relevant today. And it's also a book that changed my perspective so much that it deeply influenced language alchemy. Today, I'm going to talk about The Chalice and the Blade, Our History, Our Future, a book written by a brilliant woman whose name is Rhianne Eisler. And a little over 10 years ago, I had the honor of having her as my professor. If you visit her website, rianneisler.com, you'll see that the homepage says, Rianne Eisler was so far ahead. Now she's right on time. And this is so true. And it's so true about her book, The Chalice and the Blade. But first, let me tell you about Rianne Eisler. <music> She is a social system scientist, a futurist, a cultural historian, an attorney, a consultant, a speaker, and her work has transformed organizations, policies, and people worldwide. She has spoken in front of the United Nations many times. Rien Eisler was born in Austria and was a child Holocaust refugee. Her focus has been on identifying the conditions that support our human capacities for consciousness, creativity, and caring, rather than for insensitivity, destructiveness, and cruelty. She's written many books in which she brings awareness about how to construct a more equitable, sustainable, and less violent world. She's also the president for the Center for Partnership Systems, dedicated to research and education. She's received countless awards and has been recognized by many institutions, organizations and authors as one of the 20 leaders for world peace, along with Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King. Yeah. Wow, right? I wanted to tell you all this about Rian to prepare you to hear about her book, The Chalice and the Blade, and for you to know why I'm talking about this book during the month of March, when I'm devoting all the podcast episodes to communication, women, and celebrating the work of women. The Chalice and the Blade is a new story of our cultural origins. It's an exploration of history and possible futures from a feminine perspective, Riane argues that history of culture and civilization as we know it was told by men. And because of this, we've only known history from the male perspective. And as such, we're missing out on understanding the other half of our human family. So history as we know it is incomplete. And not only that, in the book, she demonstrates the impact of the absence of women in history as we know it. And this lack of presence of women have a direct effect in how we view the world, the language we use to communicate, and the behaviors that we have engaged in to favor men over women and to justify inequality and inequities against women. In the book, Rianne starts by telling us how the relics and paintings from a very long time ago, between 25,000 and 3,000 B.C., That these relics were excavated by male archaeologists and anthropologists who offered an interpretation of their findings based on war and dominance, based on views of the world that put women as sexual objects and with the sole role to procreate. These male explorers were looking at these ancient relics with a view that was tainted by a patriarchal paradigm. And you may wonder, Well, how would that apply to me? Well, let me give you an example. If you come from a culture in which decisions are made by individuals, if you encounter someone asking for an opinion before making a decision, you may think that that person is weak or insecure. But if you come from a culture in which decisions are made by a group, when you see someone asking for an opinion before making a decision, you may think that this person is considerate and respectful. We tend to interpret our reality, our environment, our world, based on our various layers of culture and the paradigms that influence us. Now, going back to the book, Rianne describes in great detail how the male scientists and historians were missing critical pieces of data and information that actually show that our origins were not about domination and war and submission of women. In fact, when women and multidisciplinary teams looked at these same relics, they concluded that these ancient civilizations were about collaboration and creating thriving partnerships in which males and females cooperated in peaceful and egalitarian societies she documented how in so many of these earlier societies, there was an absence of weapons as well as an absence of poverty. In The Chalice and the Blade, Rianne Eisler helps us question, why is it that we don't know this history? How come this is not taught to us in schools? Why is it that in current history classes, we are taught that the first more developed and sophisticated civilizations were the Greeks, who, coincidentally, placed women without rights and at the bottom of the power spectrum. Rian says, and I quote, Since women are half of our species, why have their behaviors, activities, and ideas been given little sustained study? When I read this book about 15 years ago, it just dawned on me that most of the history that I had been taught was a history told by men. Later on in the book, Rianne describes the impact that all this had in our social evolution and in our socialization. She wrote, The systematic omission of women from accounts of our past serves to maintain a system that founded on male female ranking we have been taught that our history of humankind is based on violence and dominance and think about it we still glorify guns and weapons in the movies in the media and in video games we have been taught a history of conquerors who mistreated raped and subjugated others especially women Rian Eisler calls this paradigm of war and domination the world of the blade. So, you may think, okay, if we have inherited a story of patriarchy, was the real history a matriarchy? In great detail, Rian Eisler says no. She shows how our earliest societies before the Greeks, who were also very sophisticated They were neither patriarchal nor matriarchal. They were pretty egalitarian. There was no suppression or subordination of either women or men. In her book, she documents how when we human beings started using metals, not for technological purposes only like before, but to create weapons that were used by the males of those civilizations, that's when men had to become stronger and more, quote-unquote, manly or aggressive to survive, and that's when language changed to praise men for displaying aggressive and dominant behaviors. After we started using medals for weapons, the language about women also changed. From this time on, women were now labeled as concerts, subordinate. Servants and the idea of women having to compete with one another for men comes from this period, this patriarchal view that to have a better status, a woman needs to be the consort of a strong, manly man. This language changed the relationship between men and women, it changed the structure of human relations into rigid and force-based rankings. And of course, we still see the impact today. For example, we still tell children epics about men who are honored for being violent and fairy tales about children who are lost in scary woods where women are malevolent witches. (music) The Chalice and the Blade, Rhianne Eisler, invites us to first know and understand our true history. Secondly, to acknowledge what this story that we're still told as our human history has done to all of us. Thirdly, to understand our limitations. And those are that we can't go back and that we don't have the luxury of falling into depression and overwhelm. She says that we cannot leave evolution to chance, that what we need is a plan for purposeful and conscious evolution, and that this purposeful and conscious evolution needs to be based on the exploration of peace and partnership, in which genders are set free from imposed rigid roles. She writes, and I quote, only when we have equity and equality in our relationships we will have peace. Ah, just take that in. Only when we have equity and equality in our relationships, we will have peace. And I would add that if we want to have peace, then we need to learn the language of equity. We need to learn the language of equality and we need to learn the language of peace itself. We will not be able to evolve consciously and purposely if we're still speaking a language of war and domination? For Rianne Eisler, the answer is transformation. Transformation based on openness and trust in our communities, in our families, and interpersonal relationships. Transformation based on human beings who can speak a language of empathy and compassion. And so, you can see now how Rianne Eisler influenced language alchemy, right? If you've been following me for a while, you've heard me say that when we transform our language, we transform our communication. And when we transform our communication, we transform our relationships. And when we transform our relationships, we transform our world. And while The Chalice and the Blade is a very academic book, I encourage you to read it. For now, I want to leave you with Rianne Eisler's vision of the world. She says, and I quote My vision is to live in a world in which children will be taught new myths, epics, and stories, in which human beings are good, men are peaceful, and the power of creativity and love, symbolized by the chalice, the holy vessel of life, is the governing principle. In this world, our drive for justice, equality and freedom, our thirst for knowledge and spiritual illumination, and our yearning for love and beauty and connection will at last be freed. And all members of our human family will at last find out what being human really means. I sincerely hope you read The Chalice and the Blade. And if academic books are not your thing, you can have access to Rianne Eisler's brilliant work at rianneisler.com and also at centerforpartnership.org. I will add the links in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed learning about the book, The Chalice and the Blade, Our History, Our Future. And if you'd like to transform the way you communicate, reach out to me. If you're on my mailing list, you have my contact information. or You can also DM me on Instagram at languagealchemy, or you can visit languagealchemy.com. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to all of you who are sharing the podcast with others. You are helping me share these transformative tools and ideas with more people. And you are collaborating with me so that together we can bring forth a world of partnership, equality, equity, and peace. Next week, I'm going to talk about how we can use language that honors women. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary LaPoe. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.